0: Welcome to the At TSN Hockey Every Other Friday Bobcast featuring the original hockey insider Bob McKenzie. Hey, that's me answering your questions on hockey or just about anything else within reason of course. If you have a question you would like answered, email me at bobcast at bellmedia.ca That's B-O-B C-A-S-T at bellmedia.ca and we'll try to get it on the Bobcast. We were a out of wicked proportion. Hey everyone and welcome to the At TSN Hockey Bobcast for, um, Huh. it's a good question, what is this for? Well, I mean we can use this week's date, the week of September 10th, 2018, but I don't even know what episode number to call this, I guess we'd call it season 3, yeah, season 3, it's the third year we're doing it, so season 3, but I'm not even sure you can call this a Bobcast in the traditional sense. So I'm not quite sure how to do the labeling. And to be honest, I have been giving a little bit of thought to the Bobcast, um, and I'm going to be giving much more thought to it. What form it should take this season? Should I even continue to do it? Trying to noodle around with a lot of stuff in my mind and sort through all of that. So for now, I guess... Let's call this the liar, liar, pants on fire edition of the Bobcast. And, and savvy Bobcast listeners will know what I'm talking about. The last Bobcast I did was June 15th, 2018, right after the cup final and just before the NHL awards and the draft. And at, at the end of that one, um which if I look back here was season two, episode 20, I suggested and I should point out, I, it was not a promise. It was only a suggestion that I might follow it up four or five days later with a mini Bobcast to um, sort of handle the overflow of team-related questions um, that I didn't get to that day. Well, you know, I got to Vegas for the awards, and, and I was busy with draft prep, amongst other things. The other things would be having dinner at Beauty and Essex in the Cosmopolitan. And by the way, if you ever happen to be in Las Vegas, and you happen to be in the Cosmopolitan Hotel, by all means, I'm urging you to go to Beauty and Essex. That's the restaurant, Beauty and Essex. Um, it's one of the best restaurants I've ever been to, bar none. And so, um, as I said, between Draft Rip and Beauty and Essex, the old mini Bobcast kind of fell through the cracks in Vegas. Sorry. Not so sorry. The, the real apology though is that, um, season two, episode 21, which was supposed to be the final Bobcast, of the 2017-2018 season, well, it uh, it it never got done, and and quite frankly, I just ran out of time. That week leading up to free agency, I was running around like my hair was on fire. Everything also seemed to be so fluid in the days leading up to free agency that I really feared whatever I laid down on tape a few days before free agent frenzy would be dated so quickly. And I sure as hell wasn't going to come back after July 1 when I went on vacation and do a Bobcast. Anyways, one thing led to another. Finally, I had to say, F it, can't get it done. Sorry, actually sorry on that one. So um all of our Bobcast listeners will be getting an absolutely full refund for me dropping the ball on episode 21 last late June. Uh, of course, since the Bobcast doesn't cost you anything at all, you're getting nothing unless maybe you count these uh, bonus Bobcasts I'm doing this week. And and let's explain what the hell these are. Um, As I've sketched it out here, there are going to be seven of them, one each for uh, the the, the seven Canadian teams. And and I guess these are more or less previews of what the opening day roster should look like for those seven Canadian teams. And I guess I want them to effectively replace the general manager interviews that I've done in the past number of years now. um, People will remember... I've gone started the the season every year for the last three, four, five years, whatever it is, Um, going to Penticton in British Columbia for the Rookie Showcase Tournament. It was great. The Vancouver Canucks were there. The Jets were there. uh, The Oilers, the Flames. So I had all four Western Canadian general managers all in one location, uh, and I could zip in for like two days and and bang out four in-depth sit-down interviews with the the GMs. Well, this year the, the Canucks and Jets were there. But the Oilers and Flames weren't. They stayed in Alberta to do uh, sort of informal rookie games in their own area. And so I I just scrapped the whole Penticton trip. If I couldn't get all four GMs in one place, it it became a little too difficult to do. Um, In the past, it was easy peasy. This year, not so much. So I didn't go to Penticton. And this year, instead, I I spent the weekend uh, that I normally would have been in Penticton and then coming back to, to rookie tournaments in Toronto or Montreal. Um, I talked to the general managers uh, of the Western Canadian teams over the phone and as well as the coaches and, and just basically tried to hammer down and, and get a feel for what their uh, their teams are going to look like. Now, you know, I, I view these as replacements for the general manager interviews and some fans are going to get all up in my grill about the fact that I did interview Toronto Maple Leafs general manager Kyle Dubas last week and uh, the, everybody's going to start with the whole. Oh, you like the Toronto Sports Network, and we, we get all the time, anyways, which is fine. But um, the, the two reasons I did the Dubis interview as a one-off, uh, as opposed to doing all the other guys is that, number one, he's the new kid on the block, never interviewed Dubas, and uh, all the other general managers had been interviewed multiple times before. And number two, um, I could get in my car and drive downtown to get the interview with Dubis, and that's why it ended up being a really easy one-off for me. Um, but if you're a fan of a Canadian team um, outside of the Leafs, and I, and I will get to the Leafs eventually, um, then you've come to the right place for what I think is a really detailed look at your club as training camps get set to open this week. So whatever you want to call these, I do hope you enjoy them. And sometime over the next couple of weeks, I am going to take a little more time to think about the Bobcast, the form it was in last year, the form it should be in this year, um, should I do it every week? Can I do it every week? Should I do it just stick to every other week? Should I interview people, have guests? I don't know. I, a lot of things to think about, and uh, and whether it's even worth doing. Because as I said, um, I just started doing the Bobcast out of the goodness of my heart, and so um, if it makes sense, I'll do it, and if it doesn't, I won't. But anyways, I'll think about all that. In the meantime, here's a preview of the Winnipeg Jets. Well, the popular game this season is trying to figure out how the Jets are going to take that next step, how they get deeper into the playoffs, maybe even the cup final. Let's face it, their conference final loss to the Vegas Golden Knights aside, this Jets team should be a really popular cup contending choice for many years to come because of the nucleus of the really skilled young talent that they've put together. But, you know, I, I don't think you're going to see general manager Kevin Cheveldayoff or head coach Paul Maurice play that quote how do we get to the next step unquote game that a lot of us in the media will be playing you know it's not so much how the Jets get over the hump um, because last year was the first year that they really got to the hump and and as much as they do want to go deeper and they want to be better their their job here coming in this year after one really good year is to ensure that they get to the hump again to give themselves a chance now I'm not saying for a minute that the Winnipeg Jets of this year are the Edmonton Oilers of the beginning of last season. But let's remember here, when Edmonton lost to Anaheim in the second round of 2017, they came into last season with really sky-high expectations. And there were a lot of people who were picking that McDavid, drysdale led Oiler team to be a contender last year. And what did they do? They failed miserably and miss the playoffs. Now, as I said, this Jets team top to bottom is a better constructed team than the Oilers were at the beginning of last season, or even for that matter, this season. But as good as the Jets are, I, I think we're, the, the the message for Maurice and Shevel dayoff is going to be exactly what I just said. And that is, let's not get how much better we're going to Let's not get focused on how much better we're going to be this season compared to last season. Let's just make sure we do everything the right way to give ourselves a chance to do exactly what we did last season. And then once you get to the playoffs, well, then all bets are off and, and you want to go as deep and as long as you possibly can. Now, I don't think there's a lot of mystery about what this Jets roster is going to look like, especially up front. Mark Scheifele is the number one center. Blake Wheeler is the number one right winger. And I think you'll most likely see Connor, um, sorry, Connor Kyle, Kyle Connor there to start on the left side. Veteran center Paul Stastny, the big trade deadline acquisition has gone to Vegas, but Winnipeg is deep. And and while the Jets dearly would have loved to have kept Stastny, there's no doubt about that. They really wanted him. I mean, veteran Brian Little is more than a consolation prize as a second line center on this team. And he's going to be, he's got the youngsters, Nick Ehlers and, and Patrick Liney riding shotgun. And, um... It's uh, you know, pretty dynamic second line with Ehlers and Line a and, and the the room for growth that they've got. Now and th- there's always a chance that Maurice could at any time move Patrick Line a onto the left side alongside Scheifele and Wheeler. But whatever the configuration is, we know the Jets top six is their top six. And and the Jets do believe that Line a and Eilers are uh, line a and Ehlers, as well as Kyle Connor for that matter, are still very much in growth mode these are young players they don't have a lot of experience um, but th- they've gotten experience and, th- and that's so key so I don't think the Jets sit there and say well this guy's more experienced so let's ratchet him up for five more goals and him up for seven more points or what I, I think what what the Jets attitude on Connor and Line A and and Ehlers is they're only getting physically stronger. They're getting that much more experience. They're understanding what it's like to play in the league. And most importantly of all, they're learning by leaps and bounds what it's like to play without the puck. And that's where their improvement is, is most likely to come from uh, in the short term. And if they do play better without the puck and they earn more trust from Paul Maurice in, in key situations... Their playing time will go up a minute or two, and they will be used in more critical situations, and they're going to get more ice time. And when players that skill get more ice time, it usually does mean an uptick in offensive numbers. So it sounds an awful lot like the process here, and and that's what it is. In other words, you don't tell Lina Ehlers and Connor, we need more offense from you. You tell them, hey, play better defense. We'll give you more minutes. And if you get more minutes, you'll get more offense. I think one of the other big goals for the Jets this season too is to um, continue the grooming and development of Jack Roslovic as a center. Now he earned Maurice's trust last season primarily as a winger in the NHL, but he did fare extremely well in the American Hockey League playing in the middle. And and I think ultimately the goal for him is to be a center in the National Hockey League. And I think the Jets see him that way as well. And I think this is the season when they will use that opportunity, uh, give him that opportunity on a much more consistent basis and, and we'll have more on Roslovik in a moment. Now, I think the Jets are a really good argument why it's so dangerous and not accurate to number or rank the lines on a on a good hockey team. So yeah, okay, Shifley's line is number one, fair enough. And Little's line is number two. Um so who's number three? Well some would say that the number three line will be Adam Lowry between Andrew Kopp and Brandon Tanev. Brandon Tanev. And yes, those Three guys are going to play together, and and Lowry's a big guy that can skate, and Cops a real good skater, and he's got size, and Taniv is really really fast and is disruptive on the forecheck and agitating with his speed, so that that is a a hell of a line that's going to skate together, and and there will be times when that line Lowry's line is going to be used in a really hard matchup against the other team's best lines. Now, Maurice is a coach that doesn't mind putting Shifley head-to-head, play strength versus strength. He does that a lot. Um, But there are going to be times when Lowry's line does get that assignment. And so I think to call them a third line is almost a misnomer because they are going to be a shutdown line that is greater than the sum of its parts. And as much as there will be games when Lowry's line does get head-to-head minutes against the best line on the other team There are also going to be games when Lowry's line is the fourth line on the Jets because what the Jets start with as a so-called fourth line whatever you want to call it's going to be really really good really skilled really smart Roslovic I think is going to be a really heady center who only gets better and and more productive you slot veteran winger Matthew Perot in there um, pencil him inside alongside Roslovek. And, and there is two thirds of a fourth line. I don't think so. I think they're much more skilled and much better than most of the fourth lines in the league. But let's call them the third offensive line for the Jets. Now, Perot could move to the right side if Maurice wants to give the, uh, the big fin Christian Veselainen a run on the left side there, a chance. Veselainen just, uh, Signed his entry-level contract and, uh, you know, big, strong kid that can really skate and shoot a puck. And um, so he'll get a chance to, to maybe play on the left side on that line. Um, or Perot could play on the left side on that line. And maybe it's Marco Dano over on the right. The thing of it is with a really talented team like the Jets is there's no shortage of, of skilled players to fill those depth rules on what would be a, a fourth line in, in name only. Brendan Lemieux looks like he might be ready. Um, for full-time NHL duty, really agitating, uh, disruptive presence. You've got Nick Patan, um, whose who's skills and smarts are, are terrific, playing that far down in, in the lineup. Mason Appleton is a guy that uh, the Jets are going to give a long look to as well. Um, but I think we can start with the premise that Roslovic and, and Perot are the set pieces as two-thirds of whatever you want to call That line that isn't Shifley's line, that isn't Wheeler's, uh, sorry, that isn't, uh, Little's line, or that isn't, uh, Lowry's line. And I think also at times one of the things you could watch for is Roslivik might get to jump up the lineup a little bit. He might get some second line time, um, with line A and Ehlers or, or whoever Maurice decides to, to play on the wing on the second line. But as long as Brian Little stays healthy, um, he should be viewed, I think, as the second line center. Now, you move to the defense, and the, the top four on the blue line for the Jets is all set. A little different look than last year because of the departure of Toby Enstrom, who, for the most part, was Dustin Bufflin's normal partner on that second pair. Um You've got Josh Morrissey, assuming his contract gets done, and I think that's a safe bet. And Jacob Truba, they'll return as the top shutdown pair. Um, Tyler Myers is going to move from right side on the number three pair. Uh, to play left side on the second pair with Big Buff. And I guess that makes it the tallest D pair in the league. Is, it's got to be the biggest, isn't it? I mean, if you take Buff's height and weight and uh Myers' height, um I can't think of too many defense pairs bigger than that. And uh, the Jets, are, I think, are real confident that Myers can handle the side switch. So if anything, um if you believe that Myers gives them a different look than Enstrom in that spot – Winnipeg's top four on D should be at least as good as it was last year, maybe even better. And I think Paul Maurice is really confident of the blue line depth. Um, I think the jets are hoping that Dmitry Kulikov is finally healthy, that the off season back surgery that he had, that uh, he's going to bounce back from that. And, and even though he's a left shot, I, I think the feeling in Winnipeg is he plays some of his best hockey on the right side and he could get time there um, if he's healthy. Um, the Jets also got some really serviceable minutes from Joe Morrow over there. So I think he's very much in the mix for a regular spot in, in the top six. Um, same could be said on the left side for Ben Sherat. Um, I really like the way Sherat played last year. Gives them some grit over there. And, um, so I think he's, uh, he's most certainly in, in the top six or seven mix. I, I guess the wild card in terms of his role, cause I think he's going to be on the team for sure. At the wild card, in terms of his short-term role anyways, is young Tucker Poolman. Now, the University of North Dakota second-year pro, is he's a right shot, but he seems pretty comfortable playing on the left. And I think as much as Winnipeg wants to groom Roslevic for, for a much bigger role and better things up the lineup at center, uh, the Jets want to do the same thing with Poolman as far as the developmental track on the blue line. Now, keep in mind the contract status of Jacob Truba. He's on a one year ARB award contract and he's only two years away from unrestricted free agency. He did not sign that long, multi year long term deal with the Jets. So I think it's fair to say we're all interested to see how that's going to play out in the long term beyond this year. I'm not saying true, but for sure we'll be one and done or two and done in Winnipeg. But let's be honest because he hasn't signed that long term deal with Winnipeg, um, is that a difference? simply in a view in value or is it because long term he doesn't want to be there either way I don't think it matters right now that'll all play itself out in due time so it's not an issue for this season I'm not starting any controversies here with Jacob Truba but if Truba isn't there for the long haul then it would certainly behoove the Jets to make sure that they keep working Tucker Poolman, give him more minutes more responsibility assuming he's ready for it um, but a lot of people believe this is a, a guy that that maybe if Truba does move on a year or two from now, that a guy like Poolman could step right into that spot and, and do go a long way towards filling a potential Truba void should a Truba void occur. Um, however you line it up, these jets are really talented and really deep. They're big, they're physical, they're smart, they're skilled throughout their lineup, up front on the blue line. Now, Connor Hellebuck is the undisputed number one in net. And, um, well, you know, I'm sure there's going to be those who say, well, can he duplicate the terrific numbers he put up last year? People are going to say that about the Jets. Can they do again this year what they did last year? But I think the Jets are are confident that Hellebuck is the kind of guy that's got a really driven mindset and an unbelievable work ethic. And by all accounts, he he took some extraordinary measures in his training in the off season. To, to build on the foundation that he built for himself last year. Pretty obvious that the the backup duties, they're going to be contested between homegrown Eric Comrie and newcomer Laurent Brassois, who came over from Edmonton. I, I think this is very much going to be a battle of, of who plays best in training camp, but also keep in mind Comrie is is drafted and developed by the Jets. They Maybe he's got a bit of an edge because they know him better, and they like him and they, they love his personality and positivity and, and how eager he is to please. Um, but I think he's going to have to earn it in camp. And if, if Rossois has a fantastic camp, then there's obviously a decision to be made there. Um, the Jets power play, I think will continue to be a, a thing of absolute beauty. And, and yeah, you know, Stastny was a big part of that and he was in that slot spot or the bump spot, as some guys call it, right in the slot. Um, but Kyle Connor was playing that spot before Stastny came and uh, I would think he's got all the tools to play it really well now that uh, Stastny's moved on uh, the way I see it pretty obvious same as everybody else I think all the pieces are there for a really successful season and uh, I think the Jets believe they're going to have the right mindset mindset uh, pardon me they're going to have the right mindset to get back where they were last season and at least give themselves a chance to go deeper Okay, that's it for the At TSN Hockey every other Friday Bobcast. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you would like to submit a question on hockey or just about anything else, email it to bobcast at bellmedia.ca. That's B-O-B-C-A-S-T at bellmedia.ca. And we'll try to get it on the next Bobcast. Be sure to follow me on Twitter. That's At TSN Bob McKenzie. And for great hockey coverage all year round, follow the At TSN Hockey Twitter account and make tsn.ca your source for all things hockey, especially for the Tuesday and Thursday editions of Insider Trading with myself, Darren Dreger, and Pierre Lebrun. Thanks for tuning into the Bobcast. See you next time, and have a great weekend.